Aalto University Podcast. This is Cloud Reaches Podcast. I'm Tomi Kauppinen and today I'm joined by Isabel Fries. Welcome! Hi, Tommy. Cool. Thanks um, for letting me be on air with you. I'm really looking forward. I mean, this is great. Uh, we uh, we met like, uh, when was it? In February. In February. In, in the, yeah, Brave New Learning Conference yeah. in Amsterdam. And uh, you ran that excellent workshop. I was thinking, okay, we should do a podcast. And then you interviewed me kind of for your thesis uh, in March, April, right? Yeah, kind of like that, that timing, yeah. Yeah, uh, that you were doing for University of Cambridge. And uh, that would be my first question. I mean, you <laughs> you are just kind of finishing the thesis on future skills in Cambridge. Uh, so can you share about the insight and what you have learned about future skills? Yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, it's like a collaboration between University of Cambridge and Copenhagen Business School because I'm about to finish my um, yeah master in around three weeks, I hope, uh, from Copenhagen Business School. Um, yeah, and I was like invited to University of Cambridge to the Institute for Manufacturing and to a research project about future skills but uh, more or less on the focus about the human factor in the digital age and um, yeah, what is actually human in that kind of um, sense. So uh, what I found out is actually that, um, yeah, soft skills, for example, are more and more important um, in this kind of digital age. Of course, you need kind of like digital skills, you know how, yeah, how a machine works, you need just technical skills, but more and more it is important um, that you really invest into your soft skills or social skills, uh, which means, for example, invest into communication, emotional intelligence, empathy, um, also like to kind of train your creative mindset. Um, and uh, all in all, that you more or less are aware of how to, to have communication face to face with a real human being. Um, but also like, um, yeah, how to combine this kind of skill set. Uh, so like this kind of fusion skill set. So like on the one side, you have technical skills. On the other side, you have your kind of social skills. Um, and this will be like really important for the future of learning, for the future of education, but of course also for the future of work, how we will work in future. Um, also like in this kind of human machine interaction setup. Um, but therefore, so I've really interviewed a lot of experts from manufacturing, IT, philosophy, academia, also like from HR. And all in all, they were like, um, in that kind of sense, all in one opinion that uh, so-called soft skills that are, aren't actually soft skills because they're like really important skills, um, this kind of social skills will be more and more important in the future. And that's, um, yeah, what we kind of like found out and what people also thought what is actually really human was a really hard question to answer for a lot of people um, to think about what is my kind of human skill set um, and um, this was like, really interesting to find out um, yeah in the beginning. 
Great. Um, it's um, I so uh, <laughs> relate to everything that you are saying, and I'm, I'm thinking when I, when you say about soft skills and communication skills, I'm also thinking uh, the fantastic workshop you were <laughs> running at the Brave New Learning, and uh, I mean there clearly, I mean you were show, showing a lot of uh, soft skills and communication skills. So, if you think about yourself, like uh, what drives you in learning? And all these activities, including soft skills, organizing workshops, giving talks and communicating with people. Yeah, um, I think like, first of all, I think education and somehow is like, yeah, the currency of the 21st century. Um, so we really need to know like what we have to learn and also like how we can combine um technical skills but also like soft skills um and this is like what i want to to tell everyone about and um, that it's more and more important and um, that we really invest in our soft skills um meaning that we have more like a creative mindset and um and also like for example when i did the workshop in amsterdam it was really interesting to see also for you guys that participated um there you already learned kind of like creative thinking in a kind of design thinking methods we kind of like wanted to yeah to know about what are your soft skills or what do you think are your soft skills and i think this is like the first step that you begin by yourself and um yeah and i really want to share about my kind of experience about, about my knowledge about this topic and that is why i'm doing a lot of talks also like in amsterdam the talk was really great um in front of um yeah guest speakers to talk um about my kind of research project and um to also like yeah emphasize how important it is um and also like for teachers that they know like um maybe kind of like that they have to shift the kind of like teacher concept i would say um so that was like really interesting and um but i think more and more important it is uh, to make aware that uh, we we really need more investments in education because in kind of uh, we need to change our education system um it is really outdated and also like what my research tells that as we kind of like need more soft skills uh, we also kind of like have to integrate soft skills training into the curriculum um, and this is like where we have to to rethink education and this is like what i try um, to when i'm organizing workshops and also give talks about this topic um, that other people know actually what they have to concentrate on um and yeah maybe where they should invest in their own skill set and i think this is like something yeah also like for your personal development which is really important also for students um in my kind of age and also like the next generations to to tell them where they should concentrate on where they should focus on in their studies um that it's more and more important that we communicate face to face with each other and that emotions are actually really good and help us in our communication and um yeah all the other skills i've also mentioned before and this is like what i want to kind of like focus on um to to use my voice um to yeah to make everyone aware of this kind of really important skill set for the future. Mm. Well, that's uh, that's super valuable. I mean, I'm just thinking when you mentioned about the workshop and also our chats uh, in in March, 
um, we were talking about the, I mean, you mentioned about it, like, uh, like what is really human, uh, what is kind of AI, what is ro- robots, uh, what, what are their roles? And, um, you know, I have to mention, because uh, we were asked uh, by DJ Edu Hack, which is uh, kind of biggest uh, European-wide education hack hackathon yeah. uh, that will be organized on October 3rd. So the Aalto University will be the main stage. And uh, I was asking, like, if he could provide a challenge there. And uh, I so remembered having our discussions <laughs> and uh, I was really thinking hard, okay, what what is actual, what is an actual challenge? So what we proposed there is uh, to, you know, like, what does it mean to think like a human? Yeah. So what does it mean to act like a human? What does it mean to feel like a human? So what is kind of the role of humans compared to the role of AI, role of robots and um It's uh, it's so timely. I mean, we live in the era of AI robots and lots of these online platforms information. So, Isabel, uh, how do you think about the role of humans in the picture? I mean, what, I mean, <laughs> kind of. I mean, you briefly mentioned about it, but I like, what, what I mean, can you share what do you think? Uh, what and how should we concentrate on? What to learn? and also perhaps what not to learn. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I think right now the discussion is a lot going about, okay, um, how AI or robots are taking over. And I think this is like also like a really fear debate. Like a lot of people are have feared that they lose their jobs, but also, um, yeah, how the future is going on uh, with robots and AI. And uh, I think we kind of have to concentrate on where actually our opportunities are lying in this kind of discussion. So how we can combine human and machines. Um, and for this, of course, you have to know um, what is actually human, what is like uniquely human ability. And um, this is like, as I already said, like a question that many people are really hard to answer because we maybe know better what is non-human so um, machines are better at 24-7 work they are maybe more error-free um, yeah they have more power more energy um, and uh, all of the kind of repetitive tasks automated tasks can already be implemented from machines um, so then we have to go back and kind of like think about okay what is actually really human and what what can't be automated um, and this is for example as I already said um, this kind of like empathy um, also like intuition um, so sometimes we make decisions uh, of course we can kind of like yeah have the data but um, sometimes we make decisions which actually no one can explain why we make this kind of decisions because it's from our gut feeling or from intuition and this is like something that uh, can't be automated also like our human brain is um, so complex and also like our intelligence our human intelligence is really complex that um, yeah it's really hard um, to kind of like yeah program or code our human brain into an AI which actually is kind of like going on right now but not the whole complex human brain so when we know that the human brain is something that is our actually yeah kind of human ability or the intelligence we use uh, we can use this kind of human thinking um, that 
in kind of like feeling but also like movement um and also like um for example yeah how we interact with other people uh what their body language is how we can read them i think this is like something that is like really empathic behavior um then of course emotional intelligence is something emotions in itself is like something that is really human um i think i also had like a lot of um interactions with robots uh, during my research and it was really strange um to to see that they want to interact in a really emotional way but it was yeah it was actually really scary i would say so i think and uh, this is like something emotions that we can show but also like that we can create something new that we are innovative um that we have this kind of human touch um which is like something i would say really human um because you can really feel the kind of heartbeat through the human touch and i think this is like really really important um to yeah kind of train again because i think we've kind of like We've learned a lot about technology and how to use technology, how to use IT skills, technical skills. Um, and it's really important that we also have the skills. Um, but we kind of like have to relearn how to be human, what are actually our core, core values. Also, like when you think about ethical behavior, um, this is like something, yeah, we kind of have to revalue our our own core values i would phrase it um and um yeah but i think there's like a lot of potential to to getting back to this kind of human uh back to the roots i would say it um and to concentrate on ourselves um and yeah and to not think about um that something for example of course a machine a robot can communicate with ourselves in a chatbot or something like this but it's not like a really deep conversation and when we all know that this kind of like abilities for example conversation emotions um these are like our core values and we can use them more and more and it's just going out and have like a real conversation i think this is like something what we can train this kind of skills again Excellent. Thanks so much. Uh, I mean, you mentioned so many things, uh, uh, emotional intelligence, uh, so I agree with you, body language and, uh, and, uh, also, uh, thoughts that, that is super interesting because I mean, robots, I mean, can they really touch? I mean, it's like, uh, it's like metal <laughs> plastic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> really kind scary, of uh, weird. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, it's scary. Exactly. Also, I was thinking that, um, What perhaps people uh, don't remember, it's like, okay, it's not humans against AI, but it's kind yeah. of humans with AI, yeah. right? Yeah, totally so, agree. Yeah. yeah. And also, what do you think, um, I'm, I was just thinking, uh, uh, like, let's say navigation, spatial yeah. thinking. I mean, we have given so much power nowadays to our phones, AI, essentially, I mean, yeah. navigation systems. And... Uh, What happens to our own abilities? I mean, what if, uh, what do you think? I mean, should we actually, even if we can automate certain things, should we still learn even ourselves to do the same? Because what if the AI is wrong? Yeah. Um, I think, for example, also like, of course, navigation is a good example um, that we already have this kind of like, 
yeah, that we don't use maps anymore, like real maps. We more or less use Google Maps, but not real maps. And I think uh, this is like something what we have to, what we can relearn maybe. Um, I just lost my, my thought, sorry. Um, <laughs> no worries, you um, mentioned it, that we, we should re- yeah. relearn maps. Uh, would it, I mean, just I think I mentioned in another episode as well, but uh, my one of my hobbies is to try to get lost. Yeah, yeah. And um, no, I had like another task where we can like um, relearn it, but I kind of like lost it. No worries. Uh, what do you think, uh, what about the critical thinking? If uh, I mean, there is so much information available. I mean, we can... I now have it again, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, for ahead. example, when, when we think about um, translations, or for example, yeah. like a lot of you have Google Translator, but also like DeepL.ai. And uh, I think, of course, the, these kind of tools are really good in translation. And I think everyone already used this. But I think when you really think about um, yeah, translating a language into another language, um, I think a machine can never catch up with body language, for example. Um, so I think it's also really important to to see if and because someone was asking, okay, Isabel, do we actually still need to learn uh, foreign languages? And I think it's more and more important that we learn this because then you kind of like have this cultural mindset uh, and also that you have another body language when you speak another language uh, and I think of course translations is like, really helpful um, but I think uh, it's also good if we use our own human brain or as I already said our human intelligence um, that we can come up with our own kind of language uh, which a machine can never do. It's like the same with navigating. I think it's always good that you maybe know where to drive to and not like, I think it's good that we have to take technology um, and that uh, technology is supporting us. And I think there are like a lot of tasks, like really boring tasks, automotive tasks, where it's actually better that the machine is doing this because um, yeah, then the human can concentrate, for example, on the more creative task. Um, but we kind of like have to, to think about, um, yeah, where it actually makes sense that the machine is doing the task and where it maybe actually makes more sense that the human being is doing the task because they have like several kind of like skill set that they can adapt to. Um, because often it's the case that a machine can only do one task, but the human um, brain, human intelligence, the human being, um, yeah, there's like so much potential in ourselves. Um, so we can do like a lot of things parallel. Um, and I think this is like also like our core advantage that we are good in several tasks. And when we, I don't know, when we think about something that is really boring or there's a really repetitive um, then a machine can catch up and do like this kind of um, task then so I think this is like what you what you already said that is like um, not um, machine or like a human against machines or machines against humans it's more like a with or a plus it's like AI plus a human being it's machine plus um, a human being so it's like more this kind of human machine interaction and this is like what we also have to learn um, that we trust in kind of like the technology and that is like not this kind of fear debate about mm-hmm. I, I so agree I was thinking um, um, if we look at AI it's like uh, it's kind of assistant right <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and uh, if you are a supervisor, I mean, humans, if we are supervisors of these assistants, AI assistants, if all of us have like 20, 30 different kind of kind of AI assistants that help us to search something. And and uh, I was just thinking that if we don't understand, if we learn, don't learn what the assistants are actually doing and how they are doing their work, perhaps we are not that good supervisors, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's, that's like actually, actually also like important. Um, this is why we also need this kind of digital literacy and technical skills, because in the end, and us like it's the same debate about um, autonomous driving, like who is responsible in the end? Is it like the person that programmed it or that kind of like taught the machine how to, to use it? Um, and I think uh, because in the end, uh, it's like, yeah, it's a human being that is controlling everything. And this is like why we kind of like have to understand how a machine, how an AI, how a robot is working. And then also, I think now we also have the time that we kind of like think about which kind of ethics do we want to give um, to a robot? Like how should a robot behave? Uh, which kind of rules do they have? This is like something that right now we can decide uh, where it should go. Um, and I don't know like how it will be in 10 years um, if robots or machines are already that good that they can do their own rules. But right now it's like in our kind of like responsibility that we also clarify um, yeah, which kind of rules we want to give. And um, it's like also like, like, like a political debate um, where we should go with this kind of like a technical uh, industrial revolution. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of who can decide uh, what kind of content is uh, recommended to us. Is it like uh, based on our previous behavior? So AI is always recommending the same kind of videos or same kind of news articles, or is there some, you know, external power that decides who will see what kind of, I mean, we have seen <laughs> in the news about a lot of this kind of, so it's it's kind of scary. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, uh, I want to ask you uh, something about your um, learning and life career. Is there something like a turning point in your life or career or study, something that you made? that made you think uh, super differently about anything, about learning? Yeah, I think, um, and I think like a lot of students can relate to that, of course, also like during my studies, there were like a lot of ups and downs. And I was like always like a person that was really communicative and really wanted to change the system and somehow um because of course also like um yeah the education system is like really outdated i would say um especially like um yeah i experienced it in germany but also like for example in uk it's like really traditional learning system um and um yeah when i started my bachelor's um i think there was this kind of like turning point that i wanted to go to a university which um, yeah, it's not only doing like multiple choice exams, for example, because I'm more um, a person that is better like, um, yeah, as I said, in a more communicative way. Um, of course, it's important that you memorize and that you are tested on your memorization. But I think that's like not the kind of exam formats we need to also like um, train future skills. So I was like really happy about my bachelor university. 
in Germany, which was called Southern University. And it was like a really interdisciplinary um, study um, about economics and politics. And um, when I've handed in my bachelor's, um, I was like really, yeah, really happy because I think I experienced like a kind of like different um, yeah, education experience um, because I was like, more challenged in uh, face-to-face discussions, uh, in argumentation, and um, it was, I did not have every um, exam was not only about uh, multiple choice. So, um, and then when I handed in my thesis, I was invited to um, a four-day challenge in Berlin. It was organized by a German think tank, which is called Hochschulforum Digitalisierung, which is actually um, yeah, the the important voice in Germany when it goes about how to influence the future of education. Um, and there I was invited um, besides 20 other students f- worldwide uh, to Berlin. And we were like asked, okay, what is like our vision for the future of education? And this or the future of learning. And that was like the first time I think when I also like was surrounded by people like by like minded peers that also like had the same visions. And as I said, it was students worldwide. So, of course, we had like European views on this discussion. We had like people from Asia and um also like from Africa so it was like really enriching and from that point on I think um yeah I wanted to to kind of like change the system more and more uh and then I was like asked by this think tank uh if I um wanted to be like a student speaker um expert on this kind of topic and since then um yeah I was like really um engaged um to to share my opinion with uh, many renowned experts on stage but also to write articles and also like to make aware that um yeah it's also like our generation um or my generation that has to kind of like change the system um because it's our responsibility and that we make aware that if we want to can be educated we're really good educated and that we can also like shape this kind of uh, digital change um that we also le- need like new concepts of education also learning um and this is like from actually from the beginning from kindergarten onwards um and there's like also something um it's all it's all about lifelong learning so um i i mean i will finish my studies like in around a month um but then it goes on with learning and i think this is also important how um we shape this kind of lifelong learning systems also for companies it's important how they kind of train um their employees uh, in future skills but more and more it is important for universities uh, which kind of like um yeah how they design their kind of education system and um yeah this was kind of like my turning point that i saw that there's like so much potential in education but there's like so less investments uh which i think yeah is for me like really sad that there are not that many investments in education um and and this is like what i want to why i want to use my voice to change a little bit of this kind of system 
Well, that's great. I mean, it's simply magnificent. I mean, now I can see uh, kind of your path uh, where you and what uh, led you to, uh, for example, around that workshop in Brave New Learning. <laughs> and I also asked to have actually this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's like one thing leads to another. If if we don't think critically, if we don't actually have these turning points, perhaps we don't end up doing anything interesting, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Could be, yeah. So kind of challenge might lead to actually something really joyful. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking uh, when you uh, when you were mentioning about your studies, I mean, you have studied in uh, uh, like three different places kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that there have been... Um, It's kind of, uh, I mean, obviously traditional lectures and, uh, but then also like workshop style sessions. But uh, how about online <laughs> contents? Uh, did you learn something with the online learning tools? Yeah. So I think when I started my bachelor, that was not that kind of discussion. Um, so that was like four years ago when I started my bachelor. And um, during my bachelor's, I decided to do, to do my Erasmus um, semester at University of Southern Denmark, which is near Copenhagen. And there I used like, yeah, for my first time, a kind of like an online burst learning and tool. Um, so that was like, I would say it's a, was a really easy tool. So like the lectures were recorded. So you could like um, see the live stream of the lectures. Um, if you're not available at that time um, to go to lectures. And I think that was like really something which was really flexible and which I really enjoyed because sometimes you yeah just have other meetings or have like a parallel lecture and then it was like easier to just go online and kind of like recap the lecture. So that was my first experience. And then after my bachelor, I decided to do my master's at Copenhagen Business School. Um, and I have to say like, Copenhagen Business School or Scandinavia, also like in Finland, I think they're like really the pioneers, I would say, what it means to have like a new design of education and how to use online learning. And at CBS, there was like one course offered, um, which was on, yeah, only online based. And I was, of course, also curious how it would change my kind of behavior of learning. Um, because online learning is like a different learning from when you just sit in lectures or when you have supervisions. Um, and I was like totally surprised how good it was. So it was like, uh, I think, 7.5 credit uh, course. Um, and it was everything was online based and it was a really good design. It was a really good format. And uh, I really enjoyed it because, as I already said, you can it's more flexible. Um, because also my generation, we want to decide when and where we want to learn. And sometimes, yeah, you, yeah, you can't make it to the lectures and then you can just sit there Sundays, for example, and hear or see three lectures in a row, which is like actually much easier sometimes to handle everything. Also like time management wise. Of course, you need a lot of self-discipline um, that you really sit in front of a laptop and do all the tasks. And I think it was also really helpful um, that you, um, yeah, you need like 
I don't know, like five lectures to, to watch and then you can click on the next one. So that you really also needed to watch them and have to make tasks and kind of like essays to write. Um, yeah, so also in the end, uh, it was really surprising also like when I had the exam because of course it was also online based and um, yeah, I got like, a, like the highest grade in the Danish system, which was actually really surprising for me. I got a 12 and um, that was really cool to see, um, yeah, to have this kind of self-experiment, ex how online learning is also yeah changing your kind of learning style i was actually more focused i would say um because i could make my kind of time timetable by myself and decide when i want to have the lecture decide when i wanted to do like after every lecture there was a kind of quiz that you had to recap the lecture and stuff like this um so that was a really yeah really really enriching but i think um what i actually missed was this kind of social interaction um, with your classmates. Um, of course, you had like an online discussion um, chat. Um, but I think, and this is like also something where I see um, the future of education, the future of learning and also the future of universities, um, this kind of social interaction. Um, because I think it has to be kind of like um there has to be like an interaction you can use online learning um and also like online lectures for example or other tools um and i think Marx and blended learning is like such yeah it's like yeah a really good invention which can help a lot of people um but also you need this kind of social interaction so it would have been great or um to to see this kind of online lecture and then maybe for example have like once a month like a meetup uh, with your professor and your classmates and then you discuss uh, your kind of thoughts and um, this is like where I see like a lot of potential that you kind of can combine online learning with um, offline learning uh, also like offline education um, but all in all I really enjoyed this kind of journey and since then I'm a really great fan <laughs> of online learning and also like for example in uh, when I wrote my thesis in Cambridge, I also like uh, did like a parallel um, course from the MIT and that was also like enriching to see like, um, yeah, what kind of kind of papers they are reading, what the discussions are uh, in the US compared to UK. So that was also like really helpful. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, this is fantastic to hear because it's... Um... I mean, it's in, um, you mentioned so many nice things. It's kind of online learning is making studies more flexible. At the same time, uh, you can be more focused. Uh, but also, like, I mean, you really have to remember that people are people. I mean, humans are humans. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> let's bring them together. Uh, thinking about all this, I mean, you mentioned, of course, in many ways, uh, also in Berlin, you, uh, you were asked to give this vision about the future of learning. But now... Uh, for our uh, listeners. So if you would, uh, I mean, if you could decide, and in many ways, actually, you can decide <laughs> about the future of learning um, in like, I don't know, three sentences, uh, what would it include? What my vision would include, you mean? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the future of learning. What would it look like? Um, 
I think that um, what my vision would be that through technology that everyone in the world has access to education um, if it's like girls and boys like all together and this is like one vision I think technology can actually yeah it's like a great benefit because everyone has access um, and um, then my second vision would be yeah that we kind of like take the potential of the online learning um, tools and integrate them into like um, yeah offline learning or offline education as I already said before that we that there is this kind of like online learning tools but that we also come together um, as humans or as researchers um, as students and discuss our kind of like yeah how we want to make an impact in the world how we see the problematic change um, and that we discuss about what's in our mind um, like in a really face-to-face -face discussion and the third point would be that um, yeah not only students because I think many students already see the potential in online learning also like a lot of I have a lot of friends that for example also learn with YouTube videos for example in math or other kind of subjects uh, so students actually I think already see the potential but also that universities yeah kind of like see the potential into integrating that kind of tools and um, to give it a try and um, yeah because there's so much knowledge out there why shouldn't we share it together and I think this is like something which is easier through online learning um, and then we all yeah have to come together um, in a creative mind set uh, space and then we can all discuss our kind of like yeah thoughts in a real face-to-face -face interaction very nice summary <laughs> <laughs> hey uh i mean thanks so much uh, for this uh i learned so much uh, in this uh, like 30 35 36 uh, minutes it's been fantastic to chat with you uh, i have one one final question and uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> i mean i mean because this is a cloud reaches podcast right yeah <laughs> so it's kind of cloud meaning online or dream or you know something that we should reach out so who or which is a cloud reacher in your own field kind of bringing the field forward <laughs> i would say like compared to cloud reaches i would always say sky is not the limit so always like think <laughs> about um yeah share your own thoughts share your own opinions um because i think yeah there's like so much potential out there also like in education and i would think um that cloud reachers are in my kind of sense are people that are really pioneers in um yeah that they want to change the education system it's not easy because um like a lot of things are going through politics and governments um but i think we really need this kind of pressure and this voices um that really want to change something and there are like a lot of people out there that already do this um so um and this is like yeah heads up to them that they really use their voice and um, share their visions. Um, but I think, of course, we also need more people that really see the potential and that they really want to change something. Um, but I think, yeah, it's like all the pioneers that kind of like, yeah, want to crack the system, I would say. Um, and yeah. Uh, thanks, Isabel. That was a brilliant answer. Um... I so agree with you, like with everything that you said. <laughs>
it's been a it's been a true pleasure. Uh, awesome, really cool to chat with you about the future of learning. Let's do another episode. Yeah, at some sure. point. Sure, I'm say. always available. <laughs> no, it, excellent, excellent. It was also really cool uh, to get the chance to to be on air and to kind of like share a little bit about my research, about my my thoughts, and um, yeah. So I really enjoyed the conversation, and um, yeah, I think there's like so much more to talk about, um, but sometimes you have to focus on one topic. Um, but all in all, I think it's important yeah. that everyone is aware that uh, we kind of like have to rethink our education systems um, and really use our soft skills uh, for the future. Excellent. Um, let's schedule another episode. Uh, this was uh, Cloud Reacher's episode. Um, this time uh, until we meet again. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>